Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And just in time for the 40-year anniversary, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. How you doing today, Amy Jo? Jeff, I am being besieged by allergies. <laughs> Pollen has invaded my face. And listen, Pollen, I apologize. Why did it have to be Pollen? That truly is, yeah, oh. my my kryptonite, if you oh, will. Sure, Oy, sure. So apologies in advance for my beautiful congestion, <laughs> listener, and for my slight beautiful congestion. Not a bad name for a band. Well, I, I don't. That's play a nineties band right there. Be- we are beautiful congestion. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Other than that, fine. I just Great. feel grotesque. <laughs> How are you? I am doing okay. I am not battling the allergies right now that you are. I occasionally battle allergies randomly. Only in the last few years have I suddenly started getting some allergic whatever to pollen Isn't and dust. is nice to grow no, old? No, of course not. It's the worst. <laughs> don't, l- listener, don't grow old. If you can. Don't do it. Wow. Uh, wow. You heard it here first. Just stay. Whatever age you're at, if you're liking the age you're at, just stay there. You've Stop drilling Look, your head oil. I like getting older, but oh, yeah. geez louise, the toll on the bod, the you know? The toll on the bod, the toll on the, the sinuses. Uh, but we're not, this isn't the allergy. <laughs> it's not the years, Jeff. It's the mileage. Oh, very good. Thank you for bringing you're it back so around. Uh, that line improvised by Harrison Ford, well, which- it's brilliant. It sure is. Like that really tells you everything you need to know about Indiana Jones yep. and probably about Harrison Ford as well. That's, that's um, true. There you go. <laughs> uh, and real quick, listener, please, if you are not already, subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review wherever you are able to do so. It boosts the algorithm and maybe, let's maybe tell a friend. Tell, tell a friend. You know what? T- maybe tell two. Oh my gosh, could it be possible? Yeah, if you could pyramid scheme our show by just <laughs> if you could tell three friends and then you get those three friends to tell three friends. Uh, we've dot, told dot, our dot, three friends. Uh, countless riches. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, we told our three friends already, so I don't know what what you expect us to do. Um, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark came out on June 12th, 1981, 40 years this Saturday, and was directed by Steven Spielberg and written by Lawrence Kasdan. Amy Joe, what's your experience with Raiders of the Lost Ark? I have seen it, but not in a long time and we rewatched last crusade yeah. over like about a year ago um and i had seen that one i think more f- frequently i think that's the one i've seen the most so this one Same. i've definitely seen so there's stuff i remember obviously there's like iconic scenes that i think i have like watched some of the sequences before or like it's on tv so you watch 15 minutes right, of it before right. going into another room or something but it'd been it'd been a minute i mean they're such watchable films, oh, especially it was yeah. this one and the, the third one. Yeah. I don't know if it was just when that film came out because it was like 89 or 90, I think. So it was like around when it was like, I'm a kid. This yes. is now oh, circulating more. Uh, so the third one I've seen so many times. It also feels like the third one isn't geared toward kids more necessarily, but there's something about it that just feels like that this is like a certain even like more heightened sensibility. Yeah. I think uh, having the father son thing in there too. And I yeah. think also the dad being played by 
James Bond. Yeah. Like that's a lot of, I don't know. It hits a lot of points for a lot of people. True. You but know? So the difference of like Denholm Elliott as Marcus Brody in this film compared to oh, uh, that's the so third true. film is like so much more like, Oh, we're a little cart more cartoonish. We're a little sillier. He, I almost didn't recognize him in this one because I was like, he's too dignified to be the same character. You he's know? a dapper Dan in this. He's just, he's just got, Calm, cool, and collected. So calm, so cool. I'm so Mr. Collected. Exposition, and yeah. I'm here to give it in a studied manner. <laughs> I know. I was I was surprised by it because I had not. I'd, yes, I'd seen this film also, young age, a couple times. Hadn't seen it in so long though. I caught the last like forty minutes, like a few weeks ago on a on TV, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, this rules. And like, oh, good thing we're covering it for the forty year good anniversary. Thing. Uh, so spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Raiders of the Lost Ark or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. He lives. That's a spoiler. Who lives? Indiana. That <laughs> he does not die. That is the synopsis of the film. <laughs> Indiana Jones uh, makes it to the end of the first film in a... <laughs> three film? Well, well I guess well, it's more than three Well, now. let's just say three film. Let's um, just dream big. Well, we um, have this fifth film is now coming out with Harrison Ford is like nearing 80 years old. Phoebe Waller Bridge is like co-writing it and in it, so I'm interested in that. I'm interested, I'm interested in that. In that. Oh, just the number of times I said during this film, "This guy just won't die." You know, it really. This is. could have been called Die Hard. This hard to kill this um, in Jones. Hard to kill Jones. Coming to a theater near oh, you. Hard to kill Jones. <laughs> All right, onwards with your synopsis. In 1936, American archaeologist Indiana Jones recovers a golden idol from a booby-trapped Peruvian temple, only to have it stolen by rival archaeologist Belloc. Jones escapes an awaiting seaplane with Reggie the Snake. This pilot is just like <laughs> doesn't bother to tell his friend. By the way, there's a giant snake. Like right. he could. What if? What if like Indy had stomped on his head How? and he'd been like Reggie? So this so Reggie must have been chilling in the pilot's little seat. I guess there's not much room on a plane like I that. I was wondering how he'd missed it. Well, I, yeah, I guess he was like, well, I'm fishing. I don't know if he. Uh. I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, Re Reggie, Reggie the snake. Don't mind Reggie. Uh, which was I know just just to set up his fear of snakes. But I was like, I could have used more of this pilot. This pilot could come back with his Reggie the snake. Is like we're on this for this adventure yep. for a little while at least. Uh, but yeah, Jones escapes. After returning to America, he is briefed by two army intelligence agents that Nazi forces are excavating at Tanis, and Jones deduces that the Nazis seek the Ark of the Covenant, which Hitler believes will make their army invincible. At a bar in Nepal, Jones reunites with his mentor's daughter, Marion, with whom Jones once had an illicit relationship. We don't get into this too much. She does say, I was a child, which... Yeah, if it was 10 years before. Yeah. And how old was she when this I was I think she's filmed? like 28 when it's being made. She's like 28 or 29. So you're at least like, okay, she could be 18. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's what I took it to mean. Yeah. That she's, she's like, still, I'm... I'm I'm barely a decade younger than you. Yeah, and also like I barely know what I'm doing right, and you, right. you know, did. And Absolutely. So yeah, it was it was uncomfortable but was, you know. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa, this is a different movie." And then it immediately swerves away and we don't bother we like don't need to touch on that anymore. Yeah, but. it's just some, it's, it feels like it's put in there just to set up the how long it's going to take them to come together. Right. You know, right. but um 
there we could you know I mean, it makes sense i feel like that's actually probably a very common sort of thing that it's like oh my mentor's daughter is like you know 9 years younger than me and like yeah you know i feel like it's it's very true to life this but i don't true. know that it was <laughs> belonged in a comedy read is the lost art true to life in in many <laughs> he, many ways in many ways and in many ways less so <laughs> the melting faces the giant boulders giant boulders uh <laughs> And inappropriate relationships with your mentor's daughter. Mm. Uh, and we learn that his mentor ha- is dead. Uh, the bar is set ablaze during a scuffle with Gestapo agent Arnold Tot, who arrives to take the medallion from Marion. Tot attempts to recover the medallion from the flames, but only burns its image into his hand. I'm like, Very is Home this- Alone. <laughs> yes, I was like, is this, where- is this Home Alone? Is that a reference to Raiders? That I like to, that idea of like oh burn it on the doorknob Baby. and now he's got the it's not just he burns it he's got the imprint of the, the M which I never understood as a kid that oh it's an M it's like the monogram right. for the house McAllister I was like what is this weird symbol on this guy's hand I feel like you know they definitely had watched this movie <laughs> the creators of Home Alone well know? yes I think they'd heard of it I had think they? they were mm, familiar with it possible. Uh, and Jones and Marion take the medallion and escape together. They travel to Cairo, where they meet Jones's friend Sala, who reveals Belloc is assisting the Nazis. The Nazi soldiers attack Jones, and Marion is seemingly killed, leaving Jones despondent. And we After got this real zany, like Jones. There's, uh, we in, have yeah, her in this bat hiding in this basket with this traitorous monkey. This monkey yeah. that's their friend, and then sells them out. This monkey deserves what this monkey gets. But Bad like, dates. but like we've. So we've been to Cairo. It's a crowded place. Yes. The fact that you're just seeing empty streets just for this like sight gag of the basket to keep like weaving through the different streets, uh, you know, it just was like it was all very zany. And uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. But it was, well, like, then he comes so up the street silly. and it's uh, all everyone's carrying these baskets and doesn't know which one Marion is in. Yes. And then we, of course, get the famous scene where this big swordsman comes to right. intimidate. This I've seen in more. I, I feel like I've watched this. I mean, it's so iconic. Yeah, just swinging that sword around, and Indy just shoots him. And that there was supposed to be a big fight scene, and Harrison Ford had food poisoning, Mm -hmm. and so he pitched, (laughs) pitched however much he could speak to to Steven Spielberg. Is like, can I please just shoot? But it's so funny. (laughs) It's such a great, and it's such a great character. Exactly, it's so good. Yeah, it's like, why would I bother having a fight when I don't have to? Uh, So after deciphering the medallion, Jones and Sala realize the Nazis are digging in the wrong location, and they infiltrate the Nazi dig site pretty easily like pretty easily it's like how none of them are aware that they are digging like 10 feet to the left of them yeah well it's further away than that but it's still they're they're right over there it the thing was like they didn't expect they didn't explain first how they had that information from the medallion and then tot comes back and like waves and you're right. like oh because it's literally yes because they realize they only have the half, front of, the half of it on his hand so they don't have the back half that right. has the like by the way take a foot away out of respect right. turn medallion over <laughs> see the rest see rest info. the message right yeah i re- I ran out of space on the, this side of the medallion <laughs> just a little I shouldn't arrow have carved in all of this in parentheses bit. over <laughs> yeah yeah so like when he came back and waved i was like oh, right. oh. yeah that's cl- that's clever it was yeah. clever because they don't come out and say yeah. it but you like put it together that's trusting your audience mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh we learn marion is alive and being held captive by belloc jones and sala locate the well of souls which is just should be just be the well of snakes because all where they yeah. repel down to the Ark of the Covenant. Asps, very dangerous. You go first. 
But is the Well of Souls really also maybe that room next door that is That's just true. standing? Just all corpses. of these corpses, yeah, that Marion then runs into. It is. Uh, it's like she's in a mosh pit. <laughs> yes, it's decay. the worst mosh pit it's a you can. It's, and there's so, there. I mean, there's a bunch of juicy mummies. It's a big mush yes. pit. It's like, moshing in with the, this mush. How are they still? looking corpsey at all you know well if it was really if it was sealed this was if it's true. sealed sealed and but then, but then you know, they're able although like, the snakes are alive the so the snakes are alive and also they're able yeah. to like boop and they just like push a giant stone out of to the escape. way to escape yeah. when it took them so like six men with bars like to <laughs> for leverage to pry the top off i'm like yeah 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 sure 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 Ooh, you know what i it might be a set I'm just oh, putting it out there. It might not be a real location. Oh it might gosh. be a set. That might not be a two-ton stone. I'm, I'm just going to say might. Oh. I don't want to assume, uh, you know, if you, listener, <laughs> have have been to the Well of Souls and you're like, no, 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 this is abs- this is totes a real place, please write in. Wow, and wow, almost wow. starring at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> they find the Ark, uh, this big, golden, intricately decorated chest, but they're discovered by Belloc and the Nazis who seize the Ark and seal Jones and Marion inside with all of these snakes, the the pair escape through the opening, through this opening that like, yeah, uh, Indy. You just see snakes pouring out of so the mouths snakes. of these. Oh, it's like, so gross. The, like, out the of the wall, wall carvings. Yeah. And Whoa. then, I mean, then the one, because then, yeah, Indy like get, climbs up the statue and like it bursts through the wall and Marion then is like, oops, now I'm in this room full of these mushy mummies. And one of them that has the snake come through the mouth and you're like, oh, that is, it's you know that they were just so excited foul. to be like, oh, and then we'll just put the snake out. And we'll be like, bleh, snake. <laughs> It's so funny. I feel like always with Spielberg, it's that push and pull where he's like, this is family entertainment. I want people to bring their kids, but I also want to frighten their kids. Like between this Jurassic Park, it's like just a little bits of like, yeah, but I want that bloody goat leg to smack the window. So the kids are like, start crying. That's what Spielberg is like, no, but I look, it's family. It's E.T. It's like then, but Jaws, that Jaws getting that little kid, Alex. It's like yeah. there's something in Spielberg that he really does love that like malevolent side. Yeah. You got to walk that line. Got to walk know? that line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Marion and Jones, yeah, then them just push one block out and they're like, what? they Jenga it out and they're like, yes, great, we're fine. That is exactly what they do. <laughs> oh, look at this fabulous Jenga set we found ourselves in. Good thing. Yes. Good thing J- it's not actual <laughs> stone. You don't know the pyramids are just built like Jenga? I You can easily pull that. one stone out and it'll be fine. <laughs> that seems VV likely. What? Well, maybe you're right. Uh, the pair escape and Jones flees after the truck carrying the Ark. Like, what an incredible action sequence. Him, yeah. like, getting thrown through the front windshield of this truck and then going under the truck, hanging on by the rope where he's just, un- like, <laughs> being dragged along. I cannot imagine... <sighs> I mean, he's wearing. That's to be fair. He's wearing like a lot of leather. He's wearing like some material he's, he's that hopefully. He's wearing hearty, hearty wear. He's not wearing just like some thin, thin parachute he's not pants. Not khaki. Just destroying his crotch because he's like, yeah, he's like, he's being dragged by a truck with his on his crotch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just a big old youch, but uh, what an amazing scene! It's so good. Uh, and then, oh, and before that, we also have the, they think the arc is going to get loaded onto a plane, so we get the great sequence of. Uh, Marion oh, gets yeah. trapped in this plane that's like pivoting around. Gasoline is like getting flowing towards Everywhere. them. Yeah. And this big, bald, mustachioed guy, this guy, great, great so thug. What a like big lug silent thug. performance. Just he comes out and he sees like Harrison Ford like just starting to knock knock some guys out. 
and he, his shirt's already unbuttoned as if he's like, I never want to waste time to pop this top off. I long for a brawl, but a fisticuff style. This, this guy should be playing, should have been playing Bluto in the live action Popeye. Yes. Um, and he's just so excited to just be punching Harrison Ford. And I love the one where Harrison Ford is just his knees do the perfect like little wibble Whoa. wobble before he falls. Uh, and then this guy, of course, just gets it with the propeller. Uh, and of course, just so many, so many memory callbacks for me to the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular yes. in Disney World. I was remembering the uh, explosion. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that like blast of heat when you see the stunt right, spectacular right. and that happens. Yeah, and and speaking of Spielberg, and and that Jaws ride at Universal of like I've I never forget of the heat from it where I'm like mm. this just feels too dangerous. I think it's a Jurassic how- Park ride now. Well, no, that there's there's well there's the Jurassic Park ride in Islands of Adventure, oh, and then in okay. regular Universal Studios, I think it has been replaced something by else. something. Yeah, uh, I don't I forget what though, or it might still be around. They they so much of that has been replaced. The Back to the Future ride has been replaced. Yeah. I also forget with what. Also, apparently in the scene. At one point in filming, the out-of-control airplane ran over Harrison (gasps) Ford's knee, (gasps) tearing a ligament. But it was so hot where they were filming that the heat had turned the rubber tires soft so it did not crush the bone. So Ford had his knee wrapped in ice and carried on. Ah, uh, there's so much about that that is bad. I'm gonna assume it was after that that he he improvised. That it's not the years; it's the mileage. <laughs> My knee is destroyed, <laughs> but not that it's just like ah, we're up in a nice. I don't want to be here anymore. It's hot, Stephen. I don't want to film any more days oh than I need gosh, to. Can you imagine? I thought you were gonna say it like ran over his foot or something like that, which would have been bad enough. The knee, the knee. That is not. Oh. <laughs> Ah, Ouch, indeed. Jones arranges to transport the Ark to London aboard a ship, but a Nazi U-boat intercepts them and seizes the Ark and Marion while Jones covertly boards the U-boat. Thankfully, they don't go full submarine. No, totally. It's like, yeah. I really like these these pirates. That pirate captain guy was great. Yes, these pirates on the ship that's helping them. That is like, like, I killed Jones. He's like no use to us. Uh, but they were very fun. I was like, I would have been down pirates, for, yeah. and I, I'd have been down for them to come back. And like, it's hard because yes. you know, Temple of Doom is a prequel. And, but then like mm. the third one is when you get Sala and uh, Marcus Brody right. back. Um, but yeah, I would have loved, maybe he does come back. I, I don't, I don't remember, but I, yeah, this is great. Just, just having Indiana Jones teamed up with some pirates. That's, a, that's a movie. That's the movie right there is yeah. Indiana Jones with some pirates on the high seas. As a kid, I remember thinking, I was like, wait, because you just cut to the U-boat like in docked and clearly what happened was as it got near, he just leapt off to like swim to be able to then get covertly off. Yeah. But I thought I was like, wait, did they go underwater? Like how he was he's all wet. I'm like, how how long was this boat underwater for with Indiana Jones hanging on? Like I couldn't wrap my head around that. I was like, did is he is you can is he Aquaman? Can he just breathe underwater now? But yes, he and then we get, he knocks this one guy out to steal his clothes and then realizes that the clothes are too small. This guy's teeny tiny. <laughs> I'm and then too another, big and strong. I'm just, my chest muscles are just too big. I can't help it. I'm Indiana Jones. <laughs> I never skipped the gym. Um, and then this other like Nazi officer comes back and is just yelling at him. This part was so <laughs> funny. I thought just like Harrison Ford was so funny in this scene. Just being like clearly like I, you would think that he would speak German. You he, One would think. 
Um, and maybe he speaks like just enough or to maybe, get by. You know what? Maybe he speaks it, but doesn't speak it without an accent, which mm. is entirely possible. We just never see him speaking in right, German. Right, because there's that great scene in Last Crusade where they have to get the book back and they go to the book burning where he like gets it and Hitler thinks that he wants an autograph. So Hitler like signs the right. book. And I think he doesn't say anything. I think it's, so I think it is like he just... Indy just does not speak German. Yeah, which seems or maybe a min- only speaks maybe like, a minuscule. Maybe he amount, only like reads by. Latin and ancient Egyptian and that sort of thing. Right. One of those guys. Um, but yeah, this guy's giving him the riot act over the fact that as, as if it's just like, well, where's your undershirt? And like your your clothes you are buttoned. And he's You're just looking hair. like I, I know. I'm. So, he just looks like I, I know. I no, know, and it's, it's got a sort of like oh geez, yeah. um, oh gosh, I'm. <laughs> you're right. Gosh, I'm such a pew pew <laughs> punches him in the face. <laughs> But it's the sort oh. of all shucks. It's actually like a very Steve Martin kind of quality that he does in that shot. I think that's just sort of like it is, yeah. That kind of clown. That. I get that. I just made me laugh. Uh, the U-boat then travels to an island in the Aegean Sea where Belloc intends to test the power of the Ark before presenting it to Hitler. En route, Jones ambushes the Nazi group and threatens to destroy the Ark with this rocket launcher, but is forced to surrender after Belloc deduces that he would never destroy something historically significant and that he also wants to know if the Ark's power is real. Thankfully, they don't just shoot Jones in the head right here. Which was my thinking of like, why don't they just get rid of their problem? Because you want it to be, you know, like the ultimate defeat. Like, I, I, I want you to true. see me gain like, all this power and if, then we'll get you. If you have thwarted attempts at death this many times then you're at least gonna see me win right I'm, it, yeah but that's always you know yeah a powerful motivator it's like the constantly with james bond of like don't exp- explain the pl- planet don't explain the plan just shoot james bond in the head no i gotta explain the plan we gotta explain the plan we need something more elaborate than just shooting james bond in the head uh so yes the nazis restrain jones and marion at the testing site as belloc ceremonially opens the arc Jones and Marion close their eyes to avoid looking at the opened arc, thankfully, as it releases spirits, flames, and bolts of energy that kill everyone else there. And yeah, Belloc and Tot and the other like Nazi generals, their heads just either melt or, in the case explode. of Belloc, explode. And it is so, I mean, the effect is so, so funny. Like Tot, especially him, that got yeah. the acupunk Tot, where he's just like screaming and it just, that face melts away. And I'm like, yes, that Spielberg is like, you know that he's like, oh man, I'm going to screw up these children so good. They're never going to forget this. And you know what? We never did. Never did. I'll tell you, there's a lot I didn't remember about this movie. <laughs> I remembered this sequence. Yeah, of course. It is incredible. It's such great special effects work. It's so fun. Uh, Jones and Marion open their eyes to find the area completely cleared of the bodies and their binding removed and back in dc the u.s government rewards jones for securing the ark but refused to let him study it stating that the ark has been moved to an undisclosed location for study by top men and the film ends in a large warehouse where the ark is crated up and stored among countless other crates the casting directors of raiders of the lost ark were jane feinberg mike fenton and mary selway Feinberg and Fenton have also cast such films as Chinatown, Godfather Part 2, Young Frankenstein, and previous episodes One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Back to the Future, with Fenton also casting previous episode Toy Story. And Selway has also cast such films as Return of the Jedi, Gosford Park, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, and previous episode Alien. Or as some say, Alien. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned, some may have just been discussed by casting, this is all subjective, and as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. And I don't want to know a thing. 
So let's kick it off with Indiana Jones. Amy Joe, what are your thoughts on that Harrison Ford? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? This is a perfect usage of actor Harrison Ford's skill and screen presence. It's incredible. It is a perfect marriage of actor and role. Yep. He's so charming. He's so like both excited and grumpy, but his kind of excited is like a very focused, like intense. I'm going to get this. So we're going to find it, you I'm know, gonna put it in the museum. Exactly. And um, then go back to teaching archaeology at this mid-level college. Yes. And I'm going to put my giant glasses on. So no one knows I'm out running around the desert like a hero. Yeah. That's his real Clark Kent Superman I, situation. I, it did occur to me. It was so funny having just done Superman and having just done the mummy, mm-hmm. because I felt like there's a lot of similarities in, in so far as like you, you have like oh, the yeah. almost dual personality. And obviously then you have like uh, someone going to Egypt to, to do an excavation. Um, I don't have a ton of other thoughts. I mean, I it's such a, it, it's so, per, it's such perfect there's casting. There's a reason yeah. it's iconic, right. you know? I, I've got no one for the time. I've only got, like, if you were for, to just, like, reboot, remake yeah. it. For the time, my thoughts, and I, I still think neither of these are as, like, much an ace in the hole as Harrison Ford in this role, mm-hmm. but I was like, maybe Delroy Lindo or Kurt Russell would, like, those. both yeah. do, a, a, like, a wonderful job. Uh, yeah. It's just, like, that kind of beleaguered, sarcasm that sits on Harrison Ford without it making him seem cynical or unlikable. That is, is really kind of, I think like the magic trick of him in this role. As far as like a slightly more contemporary one, and this is not, I it's, it's purely like that kind of um, the more sardonic sensibility rather than this like action hero kind of thing. But I, I'd be interested in Sam Rockwell's uh, Indiana Jones. Like, yeah, maybe not today, but, you know, like 10, uh, yeah, 15 I, years ago. Right. I feel like that if his career like went a slightly different direction, I feel like honestly, if he had gotten Iron Man yes. over Robert Downey Jr. instead, because then he's in he's the villain in the second Iron Man, which is like a very Sam Rockwell flashy, yeah. splashy type as Justin Hammer. Uh, yeah, I, I could I could absolutely see if his career made a left turn. He was like, okay, I'm not going to do character like like weirdos. Your, your three billboards and yeah. you're like whatnot. Like I'm going to actually be a little more of leading like quirky leading man type. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think that'd be really interesting. I'm, I'm so super down for that. I love Sam Rockwell. Uh, and of course, Delroy Lindo and Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell to me is like makes so much sense. Uh, I mean, you know who I'm recommending, listener, if you listen to other episodes. I want that Oscar Isaac I today. I knew you were going to say it. He'd be so good. Yeah. What more do you want? Uh, or, of course, Chris Pine. I mean, it's also, oh, if you're, sure, you're going to yeah, cast a, if you're going to get a Chris to reboot this, that's, the, that's Chris the Chris I to go want. With. Uh, which Harrison Ford was asked about, like, who, like, if someone, like, to replace you. And he said, in a very, like, clearly joking, he was like, nobody is going to be Indiana Jones. Don't you get it? I'm Indiana Jones. When I'm gone, he's gone. It's easy. This is a hell of a way to tell Chris Pine this. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> so even Harrison Ford knows that Chris Pine is, like, such a clear successor the, the to The heir me. to, yeah. The yeah. heir apparent. The heir apparent. Um, but also, like, I could see a Hugh Jackman. Maybe a little... If this is if they had tried to reboot this a few years ago, yeah. instead of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, if in whenever that was like 2008, if instead it was like let's just reboot it, like who cares? Like, like a it's Bond. Just, it's like like Bond exactly. Let's just do that, not like whatever. It doesn't need to be stay in the continuity of the totally. movies because then it's hard when you're like 
you know, that fourth one is like, we're like, okay, who can the villains be now? Cause it's so many decades later, we can't keep doing Nazis. So it's like the cold war. Yeah. But like who, I don't need hair, whatever. Harrison Ford is in like, Oh no, Indiana Jones in desert storm. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. 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 Um, but I could see Hugh Jackman. I could see a Michael Fassbender. I'd be interested in that. Oh, interesting. Um, cause he, yeah, you know, totally. I think he's such a great, like serious dramatic actor, but he's dipping a toe into like, you know, Mag- as Magneto in those more right. recent X-Men films for a little more of a, Saturday, a the touch. Saturday morning serial, which is what this is really inspired. This movie is inspired sure. yeah, by, yeah, yeah. even though it's so good, you know, it makes sense that it got a best picture nom. It's still like feels bananas that it was a best picture nom when it does it. It's not like an Oscar-y pick. It's just a, such a fun adventure. Yeah. Uh, and I love a Sterling K. Brown once again. Oh I'll, yeah. Always love Sterling K. Put Brown. Put him in everything. I'm interested in that. Uh, so George Lucas was originally against using Harrison Ford as he'd, you know, been using him in Star Wars and American Graffiti. And he was worried that people would see that them, the relationship, similar to Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro, constantly working together. And he's, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want Harrison to be my Bobby. Yeah. Um, so Harrison Ford was cast less than three weeks before shooting began. Oh my goodness. It's the character's name is in the title. Technically not. Technically, the first movie is just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, well, that's then after told. the fact, like then they kind of glommed on Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark wow, wow, when wow, it was like wow, released wow. on video or DVD. But, well, I've learned something new already. But it's because, you know, then those next two films are Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom because they know why you're here. Yeah. You're here for this Indiana character. He Jones. is the movie. So in terms of the other actors who were actually cast, this is the most famous one. The big one who they originally pursued but it conflicted with his TV show was Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Okay. I understand it. I totally get it because as someone who also like has a lot of bravado and a sardonic sensibility yeah. and is like an adventurer, I totally get what it would go. I think Harrison Ford's a much better fit for it. I mean, 100%. Tom Selleck as a professor, I'm having an even harder time with. You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, Harrison Ford is still, which is like, that's why you have all the girls with like, that are just yeah, staring at him in love, not paying that. attention. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But yeah, he had Mac, Magnum P.I. I think it was like the very beginning, like Magnum P.I. And there was like a writer's strike or something. So oh. he actually would have been able to do both. Like they would not let him, they were like, can you, can we pushback filming of Magnum P.I. like a few weeks so I could do a movie that will change my career and also a movie that will then clearly help the TV show. Yeah, but TV schedules, especially then, like you're doing 22 episodes a season, you know, yeah. you're you're not. It's. I mean, they couldn't have known that there'd be a writer strike, but no, there was, not. so he would have been able to do both. So that really stinks that does for suck, But that's not the kind of thing. Yeah, you're you're on your grueling TV Churn them, churn them out as fast as you can schedule. Yeah, those after those hour long dramas, if those like network hour long dramas with like a 22 episode yeah. season or more, I don't know how they do it. I yeah. don't know. It's like crazy it to me that schedule. Stop. It does not stop. Then you go on hiatus for the summer and you're like, oh, no, I can film a movie in my time right. that I, my body could recover. Right. I remember of like hearing like Sarah Michelle Geller talking about like filming Buffy of how because then on top of that, all the fight choreography that she'd have to be learning, oh like when gosh. she's not filming. And it's like you've got no time to do anything else like this. Your life is. Yeah. You don't you have no time to sleep. Uh, it's really bananas to me. Uh, Mike Fenton, the casting director, favored Jeff Bridges, who was considered. Oh, OK. Which I'm into. I'm into that. I see it. I do always see Jeff Bridges as the person that like an adventure. I could be chilling out on the couch. Yeah. 
He's could like, be lighting up a joint. I could be just as easily persuaded not to go. What if I was just taking it easy instead? As opposed to like, don't worry, I'll follow the truck and I'll get the Ark. How? I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I also want to just say real quick that I know it's also, it might just be like looking back of why it's like everything about the character is so iconic, the outfit, the hat, the whip. But it feels like, you know, of like, you know, do the, do the, does the guy wear the clothes or does the clothes wear the person, you know? Right. And it, Harrison Ford, it really does just feel like he was born wearing this yes, outfit. Like it, it does. Feel, the, the whip even. It doesn't feel like, and this hero uses a whip, kids. It feels like I've been using this whip my entire my life. My right arm is complete again. Yes, exactly. It's like when um, the the pirate guy is like, I've heard of you. Your appearance is exactly what I expected. And he's like right. covered in dirt, but it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. I love it's it. It's a great line. I love that he always just looks like he has not slept in days. Rumpled. Rumpled. Rumpled a Ford. Rumpled it's professor. what I want. Yes. Rumpled the, the rumpled book. professor. But <laughs> <laughs> test audiences love the movie. They hate the title, The Rumpled Professor and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Interesting. I Interesting. don't know what we could do differently. Does it not scream adventure? <laughs> oh, it screams something. Uh, Peter Coyote was considered, who would, would then the next year play Keys in E.T., which I always love to see that when you're like, you're not going to get cast in this, but the director is going to use you very soon and like, let me put you in something else not about i mean it's so hard as actors to remember that but so often it is not about you or your talent it yeah. is about fit and it is about tone and who else they're trying to cast around you and so yeah when that actually happens it's like oh good you're actually paying attention to the people that come into your room yeah willem dafoe auditioned oh wow which he had, like one movie at this point so very early in his career so it also might just be like this is just an interesting guy. We don't know. Once again, we don't know like Sam Rockwell differently, but like, we don't know. Are you a really, are you a character yeah, actor yeah. with these like really strong features or are you just like a really like interesting, weird lead? Um, but that's so, I mean like that to me, it's like Willem Dafoe, he's getting that audition for Arnold Tott. He's getting yes. that. I'm the creepy Gestapo torturer. Yes. Yes. But that's also, we're bringing to bear our understanding of his body of work on that. <laughs> of him playing uh, Max Shrek as not as a literal Nosferatu vampire. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, get Willem Dafoe for, to be fighting against Indiana Jones. I really want, but I have a hard time picturing it, but I'm fascinated by it. For sure. Sam Neill was close to being signed. It's, I mean, it's not a far cry. From you know? our beloved Alan Grant. 100%. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, that, you know, Spielberg wanted Harrison Ford for mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. So that actually is what a great, like, full That's circle lovely, moment yeah. to, like, well, I want Harrison Ford again. Harrison Ford's not available. Let me get the guy that I was going to get for Indiana Jones. Jack Nicholson was considered. Oh. Mm. I, I, which I get. I can, I understand it. This is yeah. a much better fit. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, whatever. If this was made almost a decade earlier, even of just like I totally am seeing. I don't I don't know the age difference between Jack Nicholson and Harrison Ford. I would guess that Jack Nicholson was a few years older. We don't, it says, we don't need to it look it up. Um, but I, temperamentally, I like it. Temperamentally, Jack Nicholson is like, yeah, you don't want to be going on the adventure, but you've got it. Like you're gonna you get for free that he had an inappropriate relationship with his mentor's you daughter. Completely believe <laughs> that. Um, Chevy Chase was considered. I I get it. This is when they were filming. He would have still been on SNL, but no thanks. I mean, he he you know he was making he making the movies. He had a you know no, was, but also the first five years of SNL were like yeah 
golden. Like it was it like that was that whole original cast. It was That's very like true. Get Eddie Murphy. Eddie and Eddie Murphy Indiana Jones. I'd oh, r- rather sure. see than yeah. Chevy Chase. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. Nick Nolte turned it down. That would have been uh interesting. It would. I'm I'm kinda into I it. I mean he's good at acting. Nick Nolte. He is, he is. I mean, uh, yes. The, the very, very rumpled professor. <laughs> the extra rumpled professor. <laughs> the extra rumpled professor. Uh Gene Hackman was considered, which I don't know. I don't I don't it's know. It's like a post French connection, Gene Hackman. Like I I don't see it. And I love that Gene Hackman, but well, especially after know. just having watched Superman. Right. Which it's not like it's the same thing at all, but it's very much the same era. You I know? mean, yeah, post-Superman. Yeah, three years after yeah. Superman. I mean, he's an excellent actor. He sure is. I, I, can, I can see it, but it would this just is be just like t- more, such... It would be tailored to him in a different way. Absolutely. Than your actor who's hot off Han Solo. Right. Or, and, you know. Christopher Guest was considered... Interesting. This is like the same year as Spinal Tap. Yeah. So I I don't don't know. Interesting. I do not know. Wow. I don't know. Well, he's funny. Yes. You know and I mean, you know, just because you're good at comedy, and that is, you know, it's it feels it feels like it's so easy for actors, especially when they are famous for like that kind of comedy. Yes. Like to be like that is what you do. Exactly. Com- you know? Exactly. That it's like, oh well, you're a comedian. Like what you as an in a drama does not compute. Even though it's like actors can contain multitudes. And he does. We've seen many, many performances from it's Christopher still a com- Guest. It's still a comedy, but he is not funny in Princess Bride. He is just like a straight, yeah. like, villain. I mean, he is funny, but he not, is, he's not. He's got like one or two jokes, but it's really, it's like he, he's just a menacing, like, yes. henchman. Like, yeah. if he, you know, he could be Belloc, he could be whatever, mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to see him, you know, it's hard for me to see Corky. Corky St. Clair, Clair as Indiana Jones. With his remains of the day lunchbox as Indiana Jones. <laughs> Old Barry Bostwick was considered. Oh, that makes sense. All of these years actors after Rocky that, Horror. Yeah, like it's like, oh, of course, that all have a similar kind of lightness of touch to mm. them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can see it. I'm not, I'm not mad about that. I'm not bad about that either. I like this option. Sam Elliott. Having oh, just looked perfect. at those pictures of him perfect. for super during our Superman episode of Young Sam Elliott, I Huba 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 indeed. Yeah. Uh I dig that. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh Mark Harmon was considered. NCIS's Mark Harmon. I which I believe I've seen him in one movie, Freaky Friday, as Jamie Lee Curtis's boyfriend. Oh, see, when I think Freaky Friday, I think the Ridge. Of course. So. Of course. And as far as I know, Mark Harmon, not in the original nope. Freaky Friday. Nope. Uh, Michael Bean was considered of Aliens and Terminator, of course. Uh, Wouldn't it be great, though, if it had been Mr. Bean that had been considered? Now we're talking. Now Rowan Atkinson is movie. Indiana Jones as a bum. Yes, as the full comedy version of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he's just bumbling. The bumbling I mean, professor. Honestly, I could so see... I'm sh- I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Mr. Bean sketch that was a parody of the opening sequence of him just inadvertently going setting around up. all of these booby traps and setting them off so everyone else is getting horrifically killed oh, as he man. just has no idea what he's doing. He's just like kind of sitting atop, like riding the boulder around. Oh, man. <laughs> if, uh, listener, if you have not seen Rowan Atkinson do like his his early solo stuff, you should look up 
there's a couple of ones that I'm obsessed with. One is Invisible Drum Kit. Yeah, so I'm, just incredible. Look up Rowan Atkinson doing Invisible Drum Kit because the specificity of everything he does, like Mr. Bean kind of gets a bad rap, and it's not my favorite version of Rowan Atkinson, but like that kind of thing, his his physical work is unbelievable. I actually now, uh, yeah, I, I'm like, do I want a Mr. Bean adventurer spoof film? I think I do. Yeah. I think like the, yeah, the full and Indiana Jones type movie, but with Mr. Bean yeah. <laughs> plunked mm-hmm. in. <laughs> uh, yes. Instead, Michael Bean in 1981 was doing this movie that I was, I'm kind of interested in checking out called the fan where he just plays this obsessive stalker of this Hollywood star played by Lauren Bacall, which, yeah, I think I've, I've heard of that, but I've not seen, well, it's Lauren Bacall. Sure. Sure. Uh, Sam Shepard was considered. Oh, you know what? I thought of him because I do my thing where like, I'll, I'll click on the year that all the actors in this project are born. So I'll like, I'll, it'll just start my, my, ideas flowing for your fantasy casting for my fantasy casting and uh sam shepherd is the same age as oh harrison ford not necessarily harrison ford but as 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 mr bean as mr bean (laughs) who knew not rowan atkinson the same age as mr bean Um, but i was like oh sam shepherd and he was still acting you know around then you know i mean he was acting up to the end of his life you know he was i guess but in a more like um that this is primarily what he's doing, you mean, or no, just like in a more visible way, you know, you know, like more of he a, was, he was leading some things here. I mean, he's that's in what I mean. yeah. the, the film adaptation of fool for love with, I want to say Jessica Lange. Uh, but he was, I mean, he like near the end of his life, he had a few like supporting roles. This is movie cold in July with him and Don Johnson and Michael C. Hall. That's kind of like, um, like a Southern neo-noir that he's really good in of his like son gets killed. And it's just him. You're like, is this guy just this murderer here to kill us all? And you're like, he's just a guy that's like, my estranged son is dead and I'm here looking for answers. And, um, what was it? Um, assassination of jesse james by the coward mm. robert ford mm-hmm. he's he's got a smaller role in um but i always lo- i always love seeing that sam shepherd yeah. popping up and things and i i see it but ford is just iconic yes and that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy the way it works two of the following actors were up for the role of indiana and one was not and amy joe has to guess which is which your options are Dan Aykroyd, okay. David Hasselhoff, oh. and Bill Murray. Jeez Louise. Well, if they were looking at Chevy Chase, this indicates to me that they are potentially looking at other cast members of SNL, which clearly they are if only one of these is incorrect. Then that means like either Aykroyd or Murray were definitely considered. Um, or both. Who is one in the middle? Our boy David Hasselhoff. No, Baywatches David Hasselhoff. You call Knight Rider the himself. My Jekyll, boy. And, Jekyll and Hyde. Well, we don't consider him our boy because of his Broadway stint in Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, um, I'm going to say this is hard because 70s Dan Aykroyd is so different to how we think of Dan Aykroyd. Even, well, I guess this is like 81 and Ghostbusters was later 85 mm, something around I like, say like e- 86, even like like a few years later like it's just a different kind of yeah. i'm i'm you know what though i'm gonna say dan Aykroyd. ding 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 that is correct as far as i could <laughs> tell dan Aykroyd was not considered for indiana jones but 
David Hasselhoff and Bill Murray both were. Bill Murray gives you rumpled like nobody's business. That's really someone that's like, I'm, I don't want to be here. Be here. I'm not going on an adventure. It's too hot. I guess no. I gotta go get the ark. <laughs> yeah, I just can't see it. For it's also there's just like the there's still a sincerity that like Absolutely. Harrison Ford brings yeah. to his like world weariness. Yes. Opposed to Bill Murray, where just feel it, Harrison Ford is just like I don't want to do this, but I have to. And even though I've been doing this for so long, Bill Murray just feels like I don't want to do this. So I won't. and I and I haven't, and I never will. Yes, <laughs> correct. Uh, and David Hasselhoff, I mean, like I get, but that's really like no, thank you. The version of this is like a TV movie yes. directed by some guy you've never heard of. Exactly. Uh, and Knight Rider started in 1982, so that's the next year is like him, his like big TV thing. Mm kicking off uh yeah but no i mean it was harrison ford we got it, it we got what we needed but let's move on to major arnold tot amy joe your thoughts on ronald lacy and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else this guy looks so creepy yeah great fantastic creepy performance he was cast as top because he reminded spielberg of peter lorry which oh, you're like that's of course totally who you design your like henchman absolutely Peter Lorre, but like slightly more like a sinister pig you know just those <laughs> little glasses yeah yeah i thought he was great i i wondered it felt like we needed i thought we were gonna have something more from him in the back half of the film he was just kind of there you know it felt like belloc got all of the villainous stuff to do yeah well belloc is like your main Yes. Classy villain. And he's just, yeah, the... I just feel like there was a scene that was cut of him trying to torture Karen Allen. There might I, there might be, and it tested poorly, because it is like he, it's you awful. know, it's like he's gonna torture her, and then he cut away, and then he cut back, and, and they're just seemingly like... seemingly nothing happened? Right. Yeah, that's the part that I was like, uh, interesting. Well, but you do get the great moment of him like pulling out this like uh uh oh like the chain hanger. right yeah. well, it looks like a nunchuck it's just like this like you're like oh god what is this and he twists it all together and then hands it to another officer and then for to put his jacket on yeah uh, which is which hanger. is great i, I could have done with the uh, i think in the mr bean version you're gonna get even more of that like he's pulling out like what looks like a really scary gun and it's a lighter he's yeah. pulling out like yeah. all these knives and like oh no I, I connect them all together and now it's like a flower holder it's like a little vase <laughs> <laughs> i must have my beautiful thing around me i love my beautiful flowers um so anyway i thought this guy was great my first thought was like just get werner herzog <laughs> if you want just oh, like a creepy german love it just get werner herzog yeah. and you're so you don't want werner herzog in a lead role in your film but you want him maybe playing a, a weird tertiary character that just has to come on and be menacing and to that yes. end i also say you know also could have done this as klaus kinski <gasps> yes 100 yeah. yeah if we're going for a more contemporary choice and I'm not a German actor. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know, Steven Root. We've been watching Barry. I feel like seeing that I could, I could, it's not the same kind of performance, but just that kind of like yeah. menace right. and like the, like the slight flicker of fire behind the eyes. You're like, oh, yeah. I don't know what that's about, but I don't think I like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, cause he's, he's so good on Barry because he's not just a one note, like scary dude, yes. but Anthony Kerrigan, I believe his name as Noho Hank Mm. also someone where you're like he's just you know yes completely yes. bald and i forget if he's got tattoos in the show or not but you know someone that can look very menacing and you're like oh you are one of the funniest performers i've ever seen uh but that you can use him like as you know to if you want to use him for that effect of like oh you might murder me or torture me you've got now like the flaming hot like poker from the fire oh, that was awful. um or i'm like 
a Toby Jones. It's always a Toby oh, Jones course. that I, I'm into. Or at the time, if you didn't get this guy, I mean, he's probably too big. He's got an Oscar, but I'm interested in a Joel Grey. I could see Joel Grey sure. giving your like little with his, you know, MC German he's accent. Like, I'm practiced in this. I'm going <laughs> to come in with my quiet menace. Exactly. Uh, so three other actors who were considered this actor, Michael Sheard, was the runner up before getting cast as the u-boat captain so i think he's just like the guy oh. the german officer that's trying to look for drones yeah and then he'd go on to play hitler in the last crusade oh, that's, I, I love it yeah. just being like okay which german can we make you be right this, but i love that he's in both that he's yeah. <laughs> uh well and, you don't yeah i didn't clock it you right know? yes i did not remember you put a mustache on someone like that and you're like well right. you're just hitler you know who yeah. you are yeah, and he's not in either film for a long, but I like Correct. that he got to be used twice and he didn't get yeah. the this more splasher villain role. He still got he still got the paycheck. He's still making that Raiders money. Uh, yeah. Probably still making that Raiders money. Uh yeah. Roman Polanski uh-huh. was considered, which I get, but you know. Goodbye. Good. We don't need it. And ding ding ding, Claus Kinski was uh, offered uh, the role. Uh, uh, but Sorry. chose to appear in the horror film Venom because it offered more money. This is another film that I want to check out because what a like rogues gallery. It's Klaus Kinski, Sterling Hayden, Oliver Reed, and Nicole Williamson, a.k.a. Merlin from Excalibur. Wow. Uh, as a group of men in the process of kidnapping a child get trapped in a posh London house with a deadly black mamba. Oh. <laughs> You don't say. Klaus Kinski versus a snake. Like, <laughs> that's all I want. The only thing that could take him down. Uh, yeah. The only way that could be better is if the snake was played by Warner Herzog. Yeah. That, that's or voiced, you know. Ooh, voiced? Just like a VO situation. Ooh, this snake just like talking about like the pointlessness of existence. <laughs> Why even try? It is all so bleak. As you slither through life, you shall remember <laughs> that... We all return to the great embrace of death. (laughs) (laughs) So come and let me bite you. But it's a point, Klaus. Right. And it's the snake's house. It's this posh house owned by the snake. It's me. I have designed all of these trap doors. This is, it's, uh, he's playing whatever. Is it H.H. Holmes? I've designed this murder hotel. Slither, slither, hiss, hiss. Good luck to you. (laughs) You shall fail. Let the games begin. Uh, but let's move on to Sala. Amy Jo, your thoughts on John Reese Davies, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Uh, I mean, John Reese Davies, like a new listener, I mean, he's also. Yep. <laughs> he's got there's some a real lot problematic opinions on Muslims, and I mean, he, which he's fully aware of. He said that because they offered him uh, a cameo in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where they would have just green screened him. There's like a wedding at the end between mm-hmm. in the spoilers for Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but they bring Marion back and him and Indy get married at the end, which is cool. And they were she, gonna, she gets married to Indy, not Sala. No, no, no. Sorry. Marion and Indiana Jones get married right. and Sala. They were going to green screen him like entering, sitting in a chair and like clapping. And he turned that down. Cause he thought that that was not enough for, for Sala. And as he said, he's like, I don't think, you know, I'm not I'm not on the call list for the new Indiana Jones movie because I'm too on PC. And it's like, no, you're just a piece of crap right now. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So that that said. Sorry, uh, Gimli. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, he's he's a fine. He's a very fine actor. 
I'll say that. Yeah. And like, he's not playing at like a particular stereotype, which I appreciate, you know, but it's also like, it'd be nice if you had someone who. An actual actor of Egyptian descent. Exactly. Or at, at least an actor of like Arabic, you know, descent, like Middle Eastern totally. lineage. Um, I have two thoughts. One that actually like is a bit younger than John Reese davies but would have been, um, could have, could have done it at the time. This is Syed Badrea. Um, and he he was in Iron Man. That is who I had mm-hmm. as well. Because it was just like, give me an actor of Egyptian descent. And he's just like a big. He looks very similar. Early looking guy. Yeah. Type wise to what they clearly were going for. I want to see that guy singing some HMS Pinafore. Yes. Which is what totally. Salah is like. Do, likes to like sing some Gilbert and Salah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's so funny. That's exactly who I had. Yeah. Because I just think he he looks like what they have made for John Reese yeah. Davies up to look like. Yes, he's the know? guy, if you've not seen Iron Man in a while, he's the guy in the beginning that is like holding Tony Stark captive. Right, like when 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 will it be done? Uh, like in the right, cave. Right, 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 Build Build me my Yeah, my he's missile. in a ton yeah. of other stuff too, but oh, that's, yeah. that's the the thing I know I've seen him And in. he's, I'd forgotten who he was, but he's like a voice, he does a lot of voiceover work too. So he's in uh, one of the Uncharted games. He's oh, in right. Uncharted 3. Yes, so I like I look back at his cutscene, I was like, oh, this guy, I yeah. remember him. And I'm like, oh, he's, yeah, he's also can be like very funny and charming i'm like yeah yes. this guy would be he might have been a little young in 1981 for sala but uh he'd, he'd be great yeah he'd be great my other thought and this would be a more contemporary one and it's a very different type but also i think like he would be really like wonderful in this role um is this guy amr waqid who was in salmon fishing in yemen and uh, i think lucy i think it, yes yes yeah that's um, what i mainly know him from is yeah lucy. You know, and I was watching some interview with him and, and he was, you know, talking in his like normal speaking voice about how he's like, this is the first time I've played a role where I'm playing someone who is Arabic. But they're like, how far into the British accent can you can you mm. go so that he basically sounded just like as RP as possible. Uh, and then they cut to a clip of that, like immediately after having heard him speak in his normal speaking voice to then then putting on the accent. And it was just like, oh, that's kind of also what they've done with John Reese Davis is like, this is clearly like. The guy is a digger, but he is like an archaeologist, even if he doesn't have like a degree in it from a, an institution, you know, like this is clearly like a, a an educated man, you know, because they, they right. John Reese davies were like clearly like use a British accent yeah. and blend it, you know. Well, that Spielberg adjusted the part for him, suggesting that he play the character as a cross between John Reese davies character rodriguez from the miniseries shogun which i'm not familiar with and shakespeare's sir john falstaff which i think is so obvious like once i heard that i was like oh this is such a falstaff role which i like that i think helps that he is not doing like a stereotypical accent he's just let him have this big booming like more british voice indie uh but yeah i mean yeah like it is 1981 it was 40 years ago I know. Today, I think that, today, that that is one of the reasons you can watch it and not absolutely like want to bang your head against a wall during these yeah. scenes is because it's like they didn't make this actor do something that would be horribly offensive other than just like mm-hmm. have this like white actor, actor play this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so those were my thoughts as to, you know, I mean, it's also we just did 
another film set in Egypt a few weeks ago. And it's just like, look, you know, there's just like not a ton of Egyptian actors who are like working a lot in Hollywood, you know? Right. And it's, but it's like, they're out there. If they people make are. a freaking effort, you know? They are, yes. But we're also not, <laughs> we also don't want to be the people that are just saying like, oh, well, today you get Rami Malek. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's also more than one Egyptian there, actor currently certainly, working in, in, even but, in Hollywood. Uh, absolutely. But in terms of our biggest uh, actor of Egyptian descent, I mean, Academy Award winner, Robbie Malik. And Academy Award nominee, Omar Sharif. Well, this is very true. He's no longer currently working. But oh, Omar true. Sharif, as you said when we were watching, not this is Salah is not an Omar Sharif no. role. Maybe no. it could be tailored. It could have been tailored to him, no, maybe. You make true. it a very different type of role and you get Omar Sharif. Ah, that's kind of rad. I'm interested in that. Totally. But this time he wasn't playing like, yeah. like a, a man in a turban on a horse anymore. I think there's a, yeah. there's some quote of his where he talks about, about that. And I forget exactly how he described it, but it's just like, he's like, you know what? I'm a suave debonair gentleman and that's what I'm going to do. So yeah, I hear that. Uh, so two other actors up for the role. This actor Kavork Malikian who's a British actor of Armenian descent was offered the role. I was a little confused by this. Cause I, from what I could find online, it said he was offered the role of Salah but arrived four hours late for his interview with Steven Spielberg because of a traffic jam. And then that was the end of it. So it was like, I, that Oof. I guess was like too bad of, of like, I don't know. It was well, like, it wasn't so even an audition like offered it. You don't have cell phones at that time to be like, True. Hey, I am, I cannot get there. I will be, you know, so if someone's waiting, I mean, that's, that's, I know, but it's like Spielberg bringing down the hammer. It's like, I don't care if you were like stuck in traffic. Like you kept me waiting. Like no one keeps Spielberg waiting. Like maybe this is Spielberg behind the scenes. The one that we don't, he seems like he's all fun and games and like, Oh yeah, I'm making, you know, the BFG into a film and we're ready player one. I'm hip with the kids, but really he's a monster. He, he is the, the Raptors in Jurassic park. Like he was actually controlling them because no oh. one can get into the mind of a velociraptor the way that Steven Spielberg He's really just can. a velociraptor in disguise. Yes. In a human suit. Raptors in disguise. Uh, but Kavork Malikian would go on to play the character Kazim in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So oh, Spielberg would eventually forgive him for getting stuck in a traffic Only jam. like 10 years later. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, I think about almost exactly. I think maybe nine years later. Yeah. I think it was 1990. Uh, yeah, so he would get to once again, which I, I love it. I always love to see actors yeah. that didn't get cast in a movie got cast in a, either a sequel or in another film from the director. I yeah. always love to see that. And the actor who was supposed to play the part was, you guessed it, Amy Joe, Danny DeVito. <laughs> what? DeVito was set for the role, but had to drop out due to conflicts with Taxi, and his agent asked for too much money. But don't worry, because in 1981, he did have time to do the movie Goin' Ape, where Tony Danza's circus owner father dies, and in order to inherit the $5 million from his dad, he has to take care of three orangutans for three years alongside his kooky, crazy new roommate, Laszlo, played by Dana DeVito. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I don't know how to That's describe That's right, Indy. I'm, uh, it's me, Salah, the best digger in Egypt. They don't even need my talents. You know, I've got dual citizenship between Egypt and New Jersey. <laughs> you should have been playing the thieving monkey, actually. He could have been doing that. Now we're, if that monkey started talking with Danny DeVito's voice, look, this is already a perfect film, but that, <laughs> the film might even get perfecter. If now we're putting VO in for for the yeah. monkey and it's DeVito. Yes, please, please. Okay, okay, that's a better use. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
How do you go from Danny DeVito to John Reese Davies? <laughs> like, well, you, <laughs> you, you, you went a step in a better direction, I guess. No, you totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I it's mean, just like you go from. <laughs> I don't. It's just like they're no. they're not even the same kind of character actor, you know what I mean? And I'm not just talking because John Reese Davies is like a giant man and Danny DeVito is quite small. Like they're just like they're not <laughs> they don't do the same thing. Well, that's why it was then, you know, from what I saw, was then tailored for John Reese Davies sure. and making this okay. more John Falstaffian character. So maybe he would have been like a real as Dan DeVito tends to be just like a little schemer, just a yeah. little sneaky schemer. Which I think honestly, again, trying not to like just lean on these like horrible stereotypes Agreed. Th- and not perpetuate that instead yeah. made him a character with, I don't know, some intelligence and dignity and uh and not being like I think what a lot of films at the time were like portraying Middle Eastern characters as right. as being schemers. I mean, I so see it with the Danny DeVito version where he is just like, ah, g- get off of me, you kid, these brats. I got yeah, yeah, eight yeah. little these little brats following me around. Ah, uh, gotta get away from the wife and kids. Come on, Indy. That's me, Egyptian Salah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, pass the wine. Oh, yeah, I got to get out of here. Uh, yeah, no, you know. no, no, no. But let's move on to Belloc. Amy, your thoughts on Paul Freeman, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? This, I think, is a chef's kiss of a performance. Like, it's really great. He's not getting in the way of anything. He's not, like this is my big chance to give like a Shakespearean level, like outsized performance. Like I totally buy this relationship between these guys. I feel like, you know, I, I really, I really liked him in this part. I did wonder, did he bring that dress that he gives to Marion with him from France? Because you are not likely to find a backless lace gown in the souks of Cairo. That's just like not, like with that kind of plunging neckline and back, like I think you're right, but but it's also like there's a weird thing there where it felt like unless I missed something, it felt like almost like that he should also know her from before because it yeah it's like the whole well, maybe scene he, in Nepal is like he's not there for that. It's just like later when she gets captured, and it's like oh now he's captured her, and it's like now well she's captured his attention. Well she has captured his attention. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he did. I mean it would make sense if he knew her dad. You know? Right, but I don't. So maybe she was just like did? a kid, and he like sort of. I, but yeah, but that would have been nice to have had cleared up because it how, did feel why, he just has a dress on hand just in case and pumps a sensible matching <laughs> pair of pumps. Well, you know, he wants to complete the ensemble. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, my one French actor I have on here is Alain Delon, who is probably too attractive for this part of Monus, but he's too attractive for Purple Noons, Alain Delon. Purple Noons, Alain Delon, Le Cercle Rouge, Alain Delon. Um, then I also, this, I think this is an actor who, I'm, he's he's just much more of a heavy than this guy, but like Stellan Skarsgård would be oh, an interesting choice, sure. you know? I mean, he might not need to be French. He could be, you know, Scandinavian. Whatever. Yeah, he could do a French accent. Yeah, or he can do a French accent. I thought Jeffrey Rush would be fun oh, in this part. Oh, I see part. that. Yep. Maybe a Donald Sutherland. Love it. Or a Patrick Stewart. Oh, of course. You of know? Course. Just like, I was like, give me some... He's already playing, you know, Jean-Luc Picard and not doing a French accent yes, there. Yes, get him to let, play. Let him do Jean-Luc Belloc and not do a French accent here. Jean-Luc Belloc. <laughs> uh, I would dig that. Yeah, I think he's I think he's great in this, although it is like it's never I never remember him. When I think of this movie, I never think of this character. Mm-hmm. So I, and I don't think that's really a fault of his. I feel like there's just that the script could judge a bit more of this like rivalry between the yes. two. 
just I don't know what he's, it is. He's also here. Here it is for me. He's not one of the Nazis, so yeah. he's pitched differently, right? He's just kind of this mercenary. He's in it for the money, exactly. Well, and because he's he does well, he yeah. is an archaeologist, but right. yes, there there's all this implied like. You, you know, when he says, like, I am a shadow of you, like, mm. you could be, we don't really know what this character has done that is so bad over the years, other than he steals stuff from other people, you know? Yeah. Um, but I feel like he doesn't have any of these, like, like the guy taught, you know, with the glasses who looks so creepy. He's yeah. not given something that's so signature in the look. No, he's just like a very, he's a very dapper Dan. He's got like the really snazzy hat and the mm-hmm. open shirt. And he's just like a, a good looking, like swarthy Frenchman. And like, like a, I, I want even more of that. Like, like a richer version of Indiana. You yeah. know, he's like, I can wear white because I'm not going to be absolutely yeah. covered in dirt yeah. like you are. You that, know? You're right. That's great costume, costuming as well, yeah. of how much like light clothes he's in, where it's like, I'm not doing the dirty work. Exactly. Yeah, it's very true. Did you recognize this actor from anything else? Um, vaguely, but I thought maybe it was because I'd seen this movie in my youth. Right. I, I did not recognize him from this, but looking it up, I was like, oh, the film that we watched the most, he plays Reverend Shooter in Hot Fuzz. Ugh. Well, of course, the, one of the things I love about Hot Fuzz is they like that it has so many amazing character actors. Well, they British got characters. all these British character actors who are known for playing yeah. villains at some point. So like yeah. they get all of them to play, but they're all like you know much older at that right, point. Right. So it's just they seem so harmless. Oh, that's but perfect. I was like, He's the reverend. He was also, which blew my mind. He is the villain of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie Ivan Ooze, which is uh, from what I remember of the makeup on him. There, unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, he's a big purple ooze guy. Uh, but I was like, he, well, I saw that in theaters, being a dumb, dumb kid that was like, the height of cinema. <laughs> um, if I had to cast someone else, uh, I mean, it's all people more today. If just think of French actors, give me a Vincent Castle, I think mm. would be really fun. A Jean Dujardin uh, of the artist. Or there's this Danish actor, Klaus Bang, who's in the square. Also really good. These These actors are just like, they... They just read like a certain level of like, of cl- I'm classy. I'm the classy villain. Uh, but also you mentioning uh, Hafez. I was like, oh, I could see a Timothy Dalton. I'm interested oh, in that. Always. Given a little French uh, demeanor accent. May we, Timothy baby. Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> also, in the scene where Indiana is got the rocket launcher mm-hmm. to like, I'm going to blow up the Ark. And you see uh, Belloc talking, saying you're never going to blow it up. If you look closely, you can see a fly buzzing around his mouth. Yes. And then it disappears. Did he eat it? That's what Spielberg wants you to think. Because Spielberg thought it was so funny. So he cut out like three frames where the fly, because as he like speaks, the fly like blows like away. So Spielberg cut those three frames out so that it just disappears. So it looks like he eats the fly. Oh my gosh. Spielberg, you got me. Empire wow. Empire Magazine chose this scene as one of the most common scenes for people to press the pause button on their VCRs. For people to be like, that guy just eat a fly? <laughs> Spiel- I wondered. I did think about that when it happened. Uh, and three other actors that I could find that were considered for the role right off the bat, Giancarlo Giannini was considered uh, of Mathis of Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. And of course, Dream a American dreamer. Amy Joe's favorite film. Of doing it 
right. Ha, ha, da, 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 da. I don't know all the words. Da, 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 da. Lava, lava. It's a great credit song. And he is wonderful in that film. And I can't believe I hadn't thought mm-hmm. of him with this because he would be great. Yes. He is debonair, yes. suave, soy handsome. He sure is. I mean, I feel like most people know him as from Casino Royale as Mathis. And but he's, imagine he's him that. younger. I know. And I know. There you I go. Dig it. I'm digging it. Uh, this French singer, Jacques Dutronc, was considered. And Jonathan Price was considered. Oh, oh that makes total sense. I'm this guy probably in. has lived in Jonathan Price's shadow his whole career. They have similar faces and a, like he he does like this performance at least leads me to think like, oh yeah, he does yeah. a lot of Jonathan Price-esque yeah. Yeah. stuff. I dig it. I'm digging that. Um, but let's move on to Marion. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Karen Allen and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I have written here Aces. Oh, this is so good, so fun. Beautifully calibrated. She has like such spine and such strength of personality and is so funny. Like she's so good in this. Um, and I don't really know Karen Allen from anything else i don't think i know i mainly know her from this and then you know they wisely bring her back for kingdom of the crystal skull and uh this movie starman i think it's a john carpenter movie with her and jeff bridges where mm-hmm. jeff bridges is like an alien that like lands on earth and it's just her like trying to help this alien guy out as they fall in love um which she's it's a beautiful beautiful film definitely recommend starman if you've not seen it listener uh but that's yeah it's mainly mainly that I, she's in other things, but it's just like nothing that like was huge the nothing way this, like this was certainly, yeah. which she's, is she's a disappointment because so she's good so good in this. Yeah, I I like her a lot. My other thoughts are first off is like, well, Carrie Fisher, you know, just as oh, far as someone I mean, else who is like, yeah, of course, yeah, coming yeah. in swinging. Yeah. Um, and then this is only because we just watched Superman, but Margot Kidder, I thought would that as well. Also, yeah. just someone who is like. You know, I'm not here to play around. I got my own thing going on. What are you doing here? Ah, ah, help. Um, you know, <laughs> but funny. And then I thought, because she's about the same age and and has never, to my knowledge, really had a role like this, but is so funny, is Rita Wilson. Oh. And she's, I think, okay. about the same age. So I'm I'm down for that. As far as, like, more contemporary people, um, I'm, like, Elizabeth Banks, mm. Rashida Jones, mm-hmm. Ali Wong. Allison Brie, yeah. just like people that are like really funny yeah. and ferocious, love you know? Them. Yeah, I love all of that. Uh, I mean, I could also see the time, Sigourney Weaver. Yes, of course. course. I mean, that's like when, to me, it's like, A, such great chemistry between her and Ford. I mean, that scene. Totally. When she's like trying, once he's like, they're on the boat, it feels like well, we've had like the huge action set piece on the plane and chasing the truck. Movie's got to be over. And they're on the boat. And it's just her trying to take care of him before she like whacks him in the chin with the mirror. Did you say something? Did you say something? Uh, and then it's just like, I don't need a nurse. It's just like trying to like help him. Like, okay, well, where doesn't it hurt? And he's like, my elbow. And she kisses his elbow. It's like, oh, my, my head. I'm like, well, this, this isn't too bad over here. It's just like, this, this is like such a great scene. Yeah. It's like that. And then her opening of her just out drinking this guy. So good. Well, then that scene in the tent with Belloc where she yeah. pulls out the and plays it being so drunk. And you're like, oh, pretending he to be drunk, so trying with to get like the knife on him. Right. Uh, but it's that moment in that first scene after we've seen her drink like so many shots that she's had to drink this guy under the table. And then in the big fight scene that she like 
like gets like a swig of like the barrel is like spitting yeah. out drinks and it's like oh is she gonna i thought she was gonna like use it as like a rocket launcher i thought a rocket, that's, launcher. Not a rocket launcher flamethrower <laughs> same thing but yes absolutely i thought she was then gonna like spit the alcohol into like the flames and get them but, like nope it was just like i, I need a drink uh like, this is wait. tough that is like that to me is that's the character. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I could see the Sigourney Weaver made a little later. I think amazing role for Gina Davis. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little later than that, if this was like the early nineties, I'd like I'd love a Selma Hayek. I think would be yeah, like hitting a lot of these beats that I love. Yeah, like someone that you like. Yes, by nature of the screenplay, they are getting put in distress, but never feel like a damsel in distress. They totally. always feel like no, I am trying to get out of this. The well, same time, the way all- that she's like screaming in the aforementioned uh, scene where there she's in the basket, she's never like oh, Indy, right. but she's just like Jones, like Indy, over where are here. you? Over here, right. Jones, and yeah. there's something about it that's just like the fury yeah. <laughs> is so much more interesting to me than oh, well, like definitely, you know, a panic. Yeah, well, yes, which is unfortunately like the entirety of Kate Capshaw's character of Temple oh, of Doom no. uh, is just panic, panic. I don't want to be here. Everything is disgusting and foreign. Uh, this is much better than that. Uh, and yeah, more contemporary. Uh, I could see a Mary Elizabeth Winstead, mm, also, especially mm. that opening. Just like, yeah, out drinking the guy like that. I, I dig. Or a Kelly Marie Tran of Star Wars and oh, yeah, Ryan yeah. the Last Dragon and other things. Now, uh, also, yeah, I would, I would love. I would dig. Uh, so Steven Spielberg cast Karen Allen after seeing her in National Lampoon's Animal House, which I have not seen. Same. So that's, I guess, another big thing of hers at the time i don't know how big of a role she had in, in animal house but but it was a big movie yes and big enough for spielberg to like that great right you can be my like co- second lead in this mm-hmm. big old action movie and uh there's apparently you can find online uh a sc- that her screen test is she's playing marion opposite steven spielberg as indiana and spielberg <laughs> he's taken off his glasses he's gotten the leather jacket and fedora no. on and he's trying to act all tough <laughs> in the bar scene and it's just like no still oh, steven Thankfully, he never was like, ah, maybe I could cast I myself. Act. I could be an actor. I could do I this. Could do that. I mean, if, if Spielberg like put himself in one of the three roles in Jaws, like maybe Spielberg as like that Richard Dreyfuss role, but Spielberg as Harrison Ford and as Indiana Jones. Nope. Nope. No, nope. 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 So as for the actors who were actually considered, Deborah Winger turned it down who George Lucas wanted. And I forgot like what a run of films. Cause she's coming off of urban cowboy. And then the next year is officer and a gentleman. And then terms of endearment is 83. Wow. So like three huge films, like big box office successes. So she was doing really good at this point. Totally. Then yeah, you know, I dig it though. I mean that really mainly knowing her in terms of endearment from this era, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very similar sensibility of, which I would like, I'd be interested in, uh, Amy Irving was considered oh. Spielberg's then girlfriend at the time. Oh, I forgot about that. Of course. Yeah. Yentl and uh, Sue Snell and Carrie, uh, mainly mm-hmm. what I know Amy Irving from. Uh, Susan Day of the Partridge family and L.A. Law auditioned. Sean Young tested, uh, which I dig, which then the next year is Blade Runner in uh. terms of with her and Harrison Ford. I mean, they work so well together in Blade Runner that I'm yeah. like, yeah, I dig that. I dig that. Jane Seymour was considered, uh-huh, uh-huh. which I like. Barbara Hershey was She was on my list. Lo- she and Sigourney I mean, were on my list. Lo- I was just yeah. like, I don't want to recommend everyone I recommended for Lo- Lois Lane. Right, yeah. But I was like, maybe everyone I recommended for Lois Lane. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I-, I love that. Barbara Hershey would be great. Uh, Mary Steenburgen was considered, oh, yes. which I'm interested in. In 1981, she was playing Mother in Ragtime. 
and just won an Oscar for the movie Melvin and Howard. So she had like, it was a big few yeah, yeah. years for her. Yeah. Um, I've never seen the movie of Ragtime, so I, I can't haven't either. Speak to that. I'm very familiar with the musical version. I'm, I'm very familiar with the musical in the book. Uh, but I love that Mary Steenburgen, D. Wallace was considered, uh, which you know, E.T. the next year. Mm. So Spielberg, which once again is like great, like not this time, well, but just, I'll, I'll see you here in a year. One day I'm gonna get it to happen. Right. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli was considered. She was in the middle of 209 episodes of One Day at a Time, the original One Day at a Time back in 1981. So mm. I assume that also played a part of busy, not being free. And Michelle Pfeiffer was the Fifes. The Fifes Baby was Fifes. considered. Baby Fifes was considered, which Grease Two was 82. So she was like, wow, very like you know. Grease 2 was 82, and then Scarface was 83. So this is, like, pre-her, like, really This would be breaking. a great role for her in that era. But I'm I'm into it. Absol- that's, yeah, absolutely. Always into it. Yeah. Uh, so those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. There are a few characters we didn't mention, so I want to briefly touch on them. Denholm Elliott is Marcus Brody. He's not in it much, but... But so great. Love him. Once again, I know him mainly from <laughs> the film adaptation of Noises Off with Michael Caine, and Carol Burnett, magical. Christopher Reeve, Julie Haggerty, uh, so many killers, John Ritter, uh, uh, and he is so funny as Celestin in it. He's very, very funny, uh, which, yeah, also recommending Check Out Noises Off. Um, yeah, so the actor who plays the big, bald, mustachioed guy that gets got by the p- propeller yeah. is Pat Roach, who's an actor and stuntman. Uh, and he's also in the bar scene in Nepal. There's like the big, burly guy at the end who gets like sm- like beat up or uh-huh. killed. I think he, I forget, I think Marion gets him with like the maybe the fire fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like that. He's a, he's apparently Spielberg's like go-to person when Spielberg needs quote an oaf or an ogre or some oversized person causing trouble. Uh, <laughs> and then he will use him like, Oh yeah, we'll just slap a wig and a fake beard on I you mean, and use you multiple lot, times. You know? Yeah. I, I would have had no idea. Especially like in that scene with the, the plane, we get so many shots of his face, but that scene in the bar, everything is so right. fast paced. It's yeah. all so quickly cut. Any close ups are of, are of Indy, Marion, or yeah. Todd, you know, you're not actually seeing like the fighting guys that much. Definitely, that's, yeah. that's great though. I thought that was really fun. And of course, Alfred Molina, Molina, his first credited screen role is in the beginning for this opening action sequence as like Indy's guide or assistant who then turns on him at the end and gets a dummy that does not look like Alfred Molina not to me. Where I was one like, bit. was this supposed to be someone else who then dropped or whatever, but they already made the dummy? That no, I, I don't know. I think it was just not a good well, they were also trying to make it look like, I don't know what they were trying to make it look like. Make it look like I got a bunch of booby trap spikes through the face. You know how sometimes, well, maybe you don't, but when there's like, say you're like, oh, I'm going to get a Barbie of this animated uh, character. And then it just doesn't look like that animated character. You're like, this isn't Belle. She looks awful. I, I was about to say, I think specifically the uh, the Emma Watson. Oh, that's Belle right. Is I like, did take a look at those. Nothing like her. Wolf. And if that was like, I don't know, only like five or six years ago and think about like trying to do a life size <laughs> dummy back in the day. This is very true. Yeah, but I mean, Alfred Molina, delightful. Yeah, his first scene on his first day of filming. So his it's his first credited screen role. So I've got to assume wow. this is his very first day on film is him covered in tarantulas it was the very first thing he welcome did welcome to show yeah, i know <laughs> hey welcome to hollywood hey <laughs> we can get another one on there which i did not check but i i would bet at least 200 dollars right now 
that there was some IMDb trivia that felt the need to mention that he's covered in spiders in this movie. And in Spider-Man 2, he fights Spider-Man as Dr. Octopus. I'll put the money. I'll put the money on the table, Amy Joe. Would oh. you take that bet? <laughs> Uh, no okay I, I don't smart move on your part i don't know or ca- I, I bet there is a message board somewhere where someone thinks won't that be fun trivia and i have to tell them no 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 uh final thoughts amy joe on raiders of the lost ark anything we haven't touched on any other performers that popped out at you no i mean we talked about most of the major roles and minor roles in this film i guess other than just like the the Nazi that was like kind of co-captaining the dig with Belloc, who was, you know, good. That's like the only other like part of any kind of size. But he is, I think, meant to kind of represent the Germans, you know? Yes, that is uh, actor Wolf Collar as Dietrich, who just because I did not think to look him up beforehand. He's also in The Boys in Brazil. He's a, Oh, he's also in Wonder Woman. The 2017 oh. version as German commander. Uh, so probably a smaller role in there, but still still going strong, still, still getting other roles. And, uh, yeah. And then there was the other one, uh, Go- Gobler, uh, actor Anthony oh, right. Higgins, who, let's see. Oh, young Sherlock Holmes and uh, some things I've not heard of. But, uh, oh, and Agatha Christie's Marple in one episode. Which one? Um. He was Count Ludwig von Steineck in season five, episode two, The Secret of Chimneys. Oh, The Secret of Chimneys. That's an excellent episode. Well, there you go. Listener, it's an excellent episode. (laughs) So this actor as, I keep wanting to say gobbler, gobbler. (laughs) Gobbler. In this, gobbler. I'll end with this. So this monkey, great character, would only be improved if voiced by Danny DeVito, as we've established. That's clear, that's clear. Um, But is instead voiced by of course frank welker one of like the most <sighs> prolific voice i didn't even over... think about the fact that of course someone did voice the monkey well of course because if you go back now and re-watch the monkey scenes in raiders you I, you cannot not hear that the monkey sounds just like the other famous monkey that frank welker voiced aladdin's abu oh it's the exact same like little chirpy monkey like exact it, it is like once you know it you can't not hear That's amazing. that it's a boo pre or i guess post aladdin some descendant of abu <laughs> is this evil nazi loving like sig heiling monkey <laughs> <laughs> that's wild yeah all right cool triv cool triv i love that i was making jokes about vo but of course that's a literal job someone had to do and i might as well have been frank welker and it's always gonna be <laughs> frank welker <laughs> Amy Joe, Jeffrey, what are you recommending this week? I'm recommending the book My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshfeg. It is, I'm not done with it yet. It, it was a big deal a couple of years ago when it came out, but I am now <laughs> retroactively quite glad that I didn't read it when it came out because after the year of the quarantines that we have had, it hits differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's very funny. Like, savagely funny and um basically it's like a a young woman decides she's just like more interested in in sleeping than in doing anything she's also dealing with like grief and stuff i get it yeah but it's like being processed and like well i don't actually want to work this job is yeah terrible so she just goes to like the world's 
worst therapist keep and she keeps feigning that she just can't sleep so the therapist just prescribes her literally everything possible so that she could just, just like programs her sleep through. anyway it is very funny and yeah again I'm not done with it but I'm I'm really enjoying it I think any of us who have who have made it through this year um there's something about like yes well I guess what do I do with my days should I try to sleep through this entire weekend mm. you know that there's something there's something there in addition to it just being, uh, like I said, savagely funny read. Love it. Jeff. Amy Joe, What are you recommending? I'm also going to recommend a book this week. I'm currently reading and loving City of Dark Magic by Magnus Flight, which is about this uh, grad student who's like a Beethoven specialist, this musicologist who is gets this gig to go to Prague to look through all of, like this museum is curating all of these pieces of including like original like sheet music that beethoven used um but while there she also winds up stumbling into this mystery of her like professor that uh, like is it supposedly like killed himself there's like some fantastical elements that come out there's some mystery there's some intrigue uh it's so it's so much fun uh, i'm really loving it so far so i definitely recommend checking out city of dark magic and that's what we're recommending this week. Da, da, da. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. If you want to know, hey, what movie are you doing next week? Hey, where can I see silly photos of you all being just <laughs> delightful? Why, gosh, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at andalmoststarring. We're also each Friday, we do, Amy Joe hosts uh, an incredibly fun game, a guessing game where you, the listener, can Try to guess what we're doing. All you win is glory, um, but I think it's worth yes, it. Yes, you win a copy of Glory on Blu-ray <laughs> DVD with Matthew Broderick. Don't Denzel Washington. We're not gonna Morgan deliver. Freeman. No. Carrie Elwes. <laughs> okay. We will not send you a copy of Glory, but we can send you a screenshot from Glory. <laughs> okay. That's something I can Okay, promise. from now on, we're, from now on, whoever wins, we have to we're sending them a random screen grab of Glory. That's, I think that's, that's well, the rule. That's you the, heard it here first. It's now it's canon. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.